0: This week's episode is a sit-down with a friend and former member of the Strongtown community, Tarek aka Rick Ahmed. Rick was a member at Strongtown between 2012 and 2017. He first did his fundamentals with Mikey back in 2010 when Mike was a coach at CrossFit Watertown. When I was looking for guests to be on the show, Rick reached out and said that although he doesn't do CrossFit anymore, it changed his life and sparked a passion for fitness and the gym, which I was very interested in. He is currently the lead vocalist for a band called Intercourse, and his wife owns and operates a tattoo studio in Waterbury called Earthship Studios. I have to thank him for taking the time to talk with me, and hope you all enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Strongtown Talks. I am your host, Dan Gallagher. This is a show where we talk with the people and friends of the Strongtown community. Okay, everyone, welcome back to another episode. This is a different episode for me today because I am here with a former Strongtown member, a longtime friend, Mr. Rick, also known as Tarek Ahmed. Rick, you, you mentioned you grew up in Naugatuck. Whenever we start these episodes, I always like to just do a little bit of a background. And if you don't mind introducing yourself, talk about where you're from, where you grew up, And uh, a little bit about, you know, who you are.
1: Hey, I'm Tarek Ahmed, or a lot of people back when I was at Strongtown call me Rick. I am 37. I grew up in Naugatuck. Right now I live in Waterbury with my wife, Dora, who owns a tattoo shop. I started doing CrossFit in 2010.
0: This was back at CrossFit Watertown.
1: CrossFit Watertown. Mikey did my fundamentals on September 17th.
0: I am really impressed you remember that date.
1: I do, because I went and I saw this band, knock Mistium, at the Webster <laughs> okay. afterwards.
0: I have a buddy, Adam, who concert dates are milestones for him, and he remembers things
1: by concert dates. Mm-hmm. Knock was the band? knock Mistium, yeah. At the Webster? Yeah, a black metal band. They're not really around anymore. Okay,
0: it happens. So you started in... 2000, 2010. 2010. You were at CrossFit Watertown. What first brought you to CrossFit at that time?
1: Well, I was overweight, and I was trying to lose weight. And I was very unsuccessful in it. I was one of those people that would go back and forth. When I was a kid, I was chubby. Then I kind of slimmed out when I was a teenager. Then I did the classic, you know, became 21, started drinking too much beer, got overweight. I managed to lose it by pretty much crash dieting and going to the gym and running on a treadmill every morning. And then I broke up with a girl and I got really sad. And I drank every day for like a month and I stopped eating meat and I put on like 30 pounds and I could not get rid of it. I worked with this guy called Vin Lindsley. I think that's how you say his name. And he was one of the coaches at Elm City CrossFit. Okay. And this was at Ben Haven in Watertown or Wallingford. I was overweight. Elm City
0: is Joe Knitz or Joe... Yeah.
1: That's the other guy. I don't know if Vin's still there, but I know he was one of the original coaches when it opened. Okay. I was overweight. I tried P90X, and I had a little bit of success, but I just couldn't make it work. And I finally was just like, if I sign up for this, there's no way this will not work. This is like boot camp. I have to do this. This is is crazy, and this is scary. So I just made myself sign up for it. I went to CrossFit Watertown a few times. No one was there, and then one day I went, and Jen Conlin was there, mm-hmm. and she signed me up.
0: And that's where it all kind of started for you. Mm-hmm. If we go back to your background really quick, one of the things that I've always associated with you, you mentioned that you saw a band on this date that you did your fundamentals, but you are also in. Quite oh, a I'm few in. A, bands.
1: Yeah, I'm a musician. I'm in Intercourse. It's a local. Well, I'd like to think we're a little bit more than local at this point, but yeah, it's a noise rock hardcore punk band and that's pretty much that is what I do with my life. I have a day job but all my energy goes into music. It's your
0: your passion. Yeah exactly. And you're the singer you're the vocalist is my understanding. Yes. Which I don't think people realize how much energy actually goes into performing on stage. Oh yeah. So when you're saying that you couldn't lose this weight it's so unsurprising to me just because when I, I think about someone on stage running around singing for the entire time, the amount of calories that you burn while you're up there is pretty substantial.
1: You drink more beer before you carb load and just not just eating like crap and not knowing what I'm doing and eating like every day. And I always was pretty energetic, actually, even when I was overweight, but CrossFit made it a lot better.
0: It's funny because I do see every now and then it pops up on just Facebook or one of these things, but sort of, you know, one of those transformation photos. And I've always had just a certain mental image of you and how you look and sort of what I expect. And I don't think I ever realized you were as heavy as you were at certain times.
1: I was a big boy.
0: <laughs> You've always had a great attitude about it though. I think sometimes people look back in these photos, like I don't want to share that stuff. Even some of the photos of you singing is just, they're, they're impressive photos. I'm curious what first brought you, I'm going back to my friend Adam here. He's a musician as well. And Adam I was always impressed how just musically inclined he was. He could pick up a guitar, he could pick up a bass, you could put on the drums, and just music was just, it was just something he did. What first brought you to being the front man or starting to sing on stage?
1: You know, when I was a teenager, like I've always been into music, like my whole life. A lot of people are like, oh, I was introduced to metal when I was like 13. My mom played me Black Sabbath when I was five, and it was just downhill from there. That was like the one thing that probably destroyed my life by making me do this um you know everyone was in bands it was the late 90s early 2000s and hardcore was becoming a like well hardcore had been a real thing for about 20 years now but mm. i had some bands i in some local connecticut hardcore bands and this is before hate breed had blown up and all that so the scene was at a pretty crucial time and yeah i was playing guitar and i sucked at it and then one day one of my friends was like you should sing and i started doing that and i could actually do it and i could actually write and every time i had a presentation in school and shit too when I would have to get up in front of the class, I was always like really good at that. Yeah, you're so it's always kind of praised for that. So once I actually figured out how to sing and figured out I could do it, I was just like, "Oh, okay, I'm just going to do this because this takes the minimal amount of effort."
0: It's not that minimal. I mean, oh, no,
1: I mean, there's a lot of effort into yeah. it. But playing guitar is hard.
0: It's very hard. Yes,
1: playing the drums is even harder. Yeah, everyone thinks that's easy. You have to like be so coordinated. You have to do like something with this arm, something with that arm, yeah, something. Both, both totally the feet different are moving, feet. and
0: yeah. And then also keeping all that internalized and just understanding the rhythm and sort of where the song is going. It's...
1: Yeah. So once I did it and people were like, oh, you're good at that. And I was positively validated. I was like, all right, cool.
0: Yeah. Did you feel like it took you a while for your vocals to adjust?
1: Uh, yeah, kind of. It was kind of hard to learn, but I feel like within six months I learned how to do it. And then I got to a basic understanding of being able to do it well. But when I look at the bigger picture... I think it took me like 13, eh, yeah, 10 to 13 years to really do something that was unique to where if you hear me, you know it's me and I don't really sound like anybody else. It took me that long to kind of figure out my own thing and not just parrot what I heard other singers doing.
0: No, it's something I've always been impressed by. I I go to these shows and I used to, pre-COVID, I was able to go to a lot more live shows than I I have been now, unfortunately. I think we were just talking before the show about how much of a hit live music has really taken do the whole sort of COVID thing where it was such an amazing experience just going to a concert and being able to see these people perform. And and I I do, I do really miss that and hope that it's something that can kind of come back. I don't think it's going to go away, but it's one of the industries that has really taken a hit this past year. Unfortunately,
1: it's going to bounce back. I mean, I know people that think it's going to last for another year. I feel like by fall, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. I don't know if there's going to be a um a sheet of plastic in front of the stage. I used to, you know, we used to do a lot of passing the mic around. People would know the words and you would put the mic into the audience and they would sing them, but now it's like that's kind of gross now. <laughs> <laughs> because you're just spraying me with COVID germs and also the kind of vocals I do, I'm just like screaming and aerosolizing germs everywhere. I'm like that monkey in outbreak. <sighs> <laughs> Between screaming and kind of just like crawling on people and and just running around the stage, yeah, and, and sweating and sweat's flying everywhere and spit. I don't know what it's gonna be like. I I know it's gotta come back. Like, what's gonna? It's hard to replace that, Rick. Yeah. How long are you going to... And you already have people that just are so over it that even with the risk, they're just like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Just give it to me, which I think is not a good way to look at things. I think we should all get vaccinated and wear our mask and just wash your goddamn hands.
0: You know, it's just doing little things, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, it's not that big of an ask. Even in the gym, you know, we were... They added the mask mandate to gyms and fitness facilities. I think it was right around Thanksgiving or right before Thanksgiving that they came out with it. It It was in November. At the time, there there's a lot of talk about shutting gyms down again. So for me, it was like when they put out the mask mandate, it's like, yeah, sure. Great. L- let me know what you want me to do. Anything that we can do to keep the business open mm-hmm. and allow people to work out and come in here. It's been tough working out with the mask. I'm not going to lie. We're about, I don't know, a month or so, a couple months into it now. And I, I don't want to say I've gotten fully used to it, but it's something that it doesn't feel like as much of a chore as it used to.
1: Definitely have to have the right mask. And there was only one day that I was like, man, this sucks. I like, I was running. I did some cardio, so I was sweating pretty heavily. And I was in a surgical mask. And I've since learned that when you're doing cardio to always wear a cloth mask. Because then when I got off the machines and I went and I started like deadlifting, I was just sucking the material up into my nostrils.
0: It's basically like being waterboarded. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. But you just have to wear the right mask. And yeah, it sucks. You're working out. You're punishing yourself already. To some extent, like it's supposed to be hard. I mean, that's the whole CrossFit thing is like, do what's hard. Yeah. Find the thing that you're bad at and do that. So it's just like, wear the frigging mask so this could all be a distant memory. Let's just get through it. Let's get over it. Like, come on. Like, and One of the things
0: I wanted to get you on the show to talk about today was you mentioned that you did your first Fundamentals with Mikey, and this was going back to the CrossFit Watertown days. You were a member at Strongtown from, I think it was kind of on and off between 2012 and 2017. Mm-hmm. Our mother,
1: Jerry Lou, asks about you every now and then. I, like, I love your mother. I love this place. She's yeah.
0: like, wh- wh- whatever happened to Rick? How's he doing? I'm like, oh, he's good. She was actually really excited to hear you were coming on the show. Unfortunately, you did end up having a bit of a back issue, mm-hmm. which pulled you out of the gym for a little while. Mm-hmm. And when I was sort of looking for guests to get on the show, I really appreciate your comment that you said, you know, you haven't been here in a while, but that the gym has just had this tremendous impact on your life and that it, it still seems to be something that you continue to do. So I was wondering if you'd mind talking about that a little bit in terms of what happened to your back and how you sort of adjusted mm-hmm. and have been able to find some sort of routine that sort of continued to work for you.
1: Before CrossFit, I would like go to the gym. It was like a chore, you know, I'll go and treadmill and just do it and Cross, I don't know how. But it just made me love lifting weights, and it made me love exercising, and I just got addicted to it. To the point where I literally need to work out first thing in the day. I don't know if it's just because it gives me like a dopamine burst, Mm -hmm. and it's psychosomatic. It just makes me feel better about myself, but it just made me literally love lifting weights and exercising. Before that, it was just a chore. I don't know what what you guys do. I don't know what you did to me. And what happened was, yeah, I was back squatting, and I don't know if you remember, but I could squat a good amount of weight. You were a strong squatter. Yeah. I squatted, like, 225. It was warm-ups, because I was doing, like, over 300 or something, mm-hmm. and something in my back just went. It was, like, really hurt to where I couldn't walk. And it turns out when I went to the PT I was with, the bottom of half of my back, like, under my lats to my um, butt doesn't bend for some reason. My spine just doesn't bend Okay. They had me get x-rays for it. It's nothing like that nefarious. It's just my body's weird. And it just caught up with me. I haven't back-squatted since then. I've just front-squat and not even that heavy. Okay. I needed to figure out a way to stay in shape because it's just like what I love doing and it keeps me sane. And I just started going to a gym and doing a bodybuilding split, tracking my macros, keeping my nutrition on point and that's pretty much where i've been since then and i got i've actually like been in pretty good shape since at one point in like 2018 i was really good shape actually i was in really good shape up until five months ago when i was like yeah i'm gonna bulk up and now i got a little bit of you know i'm getting my love handles and everything but it's okay i just started cutting now what they have you do is you bulk for a couple months i didn't know this you're not supposed to bulk and then go right to a cut okay now you bulk then you do two months of maintenance to teach your body to hold on to the muscle, then you cut.
0: In terms of like a bodybuilding split type yeah. thing? Is that Okay.
1: Knowing what I know, because I also got certified, I coached at Nor'easter, mm-hmm. and I coached at Halo. So like i pretty indoctrinated over the whole CrossFit way of thinking. Naturally, I start every workout with a uh, compound movement. If I'm doing shoulder stuff, first thing I do is I go in and I press. Uh, if I'm doing back stuff, I'll start with rows or a bench press. And mm-hmm. I don't really screw around too much with isolating my legs because it just seems like i know the squat is the king of all exercises i just can't back squat
0: i'm actually in a similar spot with you on back squats right now i tweaked my shoulder i don't even know how many years maybe three or four years ago and it was just it was doing something dumb i was basically just sort of playing with doing like one arm hangs on the pull-up bar Mm -hmm. and i felt like i spun a little bit or like i just lost sort of like my midline and i felt like a pop in my shoulder And ever since then, my shoulder has not been great. I'm also dealing with some arthritis in there, but it's gotten better on me. But I have a very hard time getting my arm back behind the bar in in any type of comfortable position.
1: Oh, when you're like pressing?
0: When I'm pressing, I feel it more in the eccentric movements. So Mm -hmm. like when I'm coming down, that's tough. But in terms of a back squat where I need to get into the rack and get my arm sort of back behind that bar, my left arm is fine. My right arm is like a chicken wing type thing where I'm holding on with a few fingers and I've I've just switched to front squats and it's fine. I can still get the squatting strength that I'm looking for out of it. I do miss back squats because they were one of my favorite movements. With front squats, it always reminds me of like full metal jacket where mm-hmm. you're sort of like, you know, choking yourself on the bar just a little
1: bit. And you can just move weight when you back squat.
0: I know there's some schools of thought or some Olympic lifters where they do traditionally more high bar back squatting. It's not as much of a difference between their back squat and front squat, but it's taken them a while to sort of develop the strength in that anterior bar position. Unfortunately, I really miss it. I've had to sort of put back squats on the uh, list of things that I I don't really get to play with that much anymore.
1: There's got to be something we can do. You know, I've wanted... Stem cells.
0: Stem cells. Uh, Actually, you you joke, but... No, I'm
1: Dude, I am... I am so down for stem cells. Yo, once I hit 65, I don't even give a fuck. I am going on steroids.
0: So we have a. Guy here, Brian, and I, he does some sort of medical sales stuff. And he'll often go into the operating room with different doctors. He has a background in kinesiology and stuff, and he's been very knowledgeable to like talk to. And I gotta get him on the show one of these days. But he recommended they are doing some, I think it's stem cells or some PRP injections that they're starting to do. And the shoulder is a tough joint just because it's it's a ball and socket. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times. The cartilage is something that doesn't really heal. Like it's hard to get blood flow around it and sort of redevelop these areas. So stem cells just seem to show a lot of progress. So it's something I've thought about and just haven't quite gotten there yet in terms of biting the bullet.
1: Hopefully they become more widespread. I think they will. My mom got them. She went to California, I think. And I don't know how well they worked out for her. I think you're supposed to go to like CUBE. You're supposed to go to like, there's some there's like Panama. Yeah. They'll really give you the like.
0: medical tourism industry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But what did she get them
0: for her hip or knee or shoulder something with
1: her liver? Okay. Yeah, her liver or kidneys or something. Cause she was on medication for years. Cause she had like a rare blood disease. Yeah. There's so many medical advancements. Hopefully something works out. Have you tried like dry needling or anything like that.
0: I have. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big advocate of dry needling. I don't like needles. Me neither. Surprisingly. F- That is surprising for you. I have zero tattoos. You've Uh been written up in certain tattoo magazines, is my understanding.
1: Yeah, like when the dude would needle my neck, I would get all tense before. I met him because uh, my wife tattooed him. And I think he would be like, what's this fucking guy?
0: I'm curious. Your wife is a tattoo artist. Mm -hmm. Is that how you met her? Yeah, yeah. You were going to her shop to get tattooed?
1: I was getting tattooed by this guy Andy at her shop. Okay. And when I was in a nursing home, I was a receptionist and her grandma was there too.
0: Was she impressed by your tattoos? How'd that conversation start,
1: Rick? No, she was just, you know, she was another one of the tattoo artists there. And uh, this is like when I first started getting tattooed. And uh, I don't know. I just thought she was hot and she was really nice. She was like one of those kind of tomboy chicks. And yeah, we met then and that was like... 2007 and we didn't start dating till 2014 kind of had a friend set us up but it was funny because I She posted something on Instagram. I always bust her balls about this like about the bodies exhibit Yeah, and I po commented on it like oh, I'd like to go and she never answered me and then like a week (laughs) later I posted a picture of myself without a shirt on deadlifting and like five minutes after I posted it She replied to my comment. So I always say after you saw that picture, you were all about it, but before.
0: <laughs> before, it's like, who is this guy? What's the name of her tattoo shop?
1: Oh, Earthship Studios.
0: Earthship Studios. She's in Waterbury?
1: Waterbury, uh, right behind the palace, kind okay. of a- across from Dominic and Pia's.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, they have great pizza.
1: Yeah, it's the best pizza. And they're doing a whole bunch like her shop does. They're making a whole bunch of art now and like tote bags and coasters and everything. Like they have a laser engraving machine. So they're like kind of branching out and doing more stuff like like making knickknacks and chachis. So.
0: Did they get hit during the COVID shutdown? A
1: little bit. It's always been a by appointment shop. It's not a uh, walk-in shop. The doors always locked. You have to have an appointment and they let you in. So yeah, they were hit a little bit, but not too, too bad because they don't have a lot of people in there. You know, ever since everything opened back up, it's pretty much just been business as usual. But, you know, it was tough for that first three months.
0: I'm assuming she must have some sort of artistic background.
1: Yeah, she went to post. She actually, I just posted this on my Facebook. She was interviewed on the Waterbury. It's not, it's called like mywaterberry.com. It's like a Facebook page. I think Facebook I did see some, Yes, okay. Yeah, and she like talks about, yeah, she went to post. She's been tattooing for almost 17 years. I, th- I believe she started in 2004. And she got her own shop. She opened it up in 2017. And before COVID, it was awesome. Like there would be art shows there and we would have these Big parties where everyone would just hang out and our friends would brew their own beer and be selling people beer there. It was the best.
0: Community is obviously a big part of the gym. Yeah. Trying to get people together and mm-hmm. sort of use the space. And, you know, we all have this thing that kind of brings us together. I imagine tattoo shops are almost very similar in some ways. Exactly. Where it does turn into a little bit of a community. And
1: You know what's weird? We've never gotten drunk. The two of you. or just No, you and I. Me and you. Or Mikey. Isn't that weird? That is weird.
0: That's so weird.
1: Do you drink anymore? I do. Yeah. Okay. I'm just not right now because I'm trying to lose weight.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to cut back on it, which I'm not doing a great job of. For us, it's always kind of gone back to Mike and I both played rugby growing up.
1: Oh, yeah. That's right.
0: And rugby, at the end of every game, there was a drink up. And actually, in high school, Mikey probably wasn't having the drink up, although he might have been. Who knows? Um, at least in college, it was whatever team was sort of hosting the game, one of the guys on the team, it was only the captain or one of like the more senior members, they would host the other team for a drink up after the game. And it was always this really cool experience of you're killing each other on the field.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You leave it on the field and it's sort of this gentleman's mm-hmm. game and then you go and have a drink with the other team and you make friends and you give them shit for a cheap shot mm-hmm. or whatever.
1: It's just like punk shows.
0: It's, it's kind of like a mosh pit. It, just, it stayed there. Mm-hmm. That's what you do for that portion of it. And then you sort of put that to the side and you cheers your glasses and everyone has a good time.
1: How manly. It
0: was very mature of them. And <laughs> you know, when we first got into CrossFit, I remember doing my L1 back at Watertown. And after the L1, they brought out a 30 rack of Miller Lite or Bush Lite or whatever mm-hmm. beer it was at the time. And everyone gets to have a beer together. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I, I've, I've done this before. I know how to do this. <laughs> and I feel like that's always been sort of a part of CrossFit for us in terms of that you do the work, you put in the work and in, mm-hmm. in the gym. But I, I think at the end of the day, it's sort of recognize we're all human here and everyone's just trying to have a good time. And exactly. I, I think we, we probably can be a little bit more strict with it, but we've always tried to sort of Say that, you know, if you want a beer, you're welcome to have a beer here. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, hang out, be an adult about it. And you've also been very lucky. I don't know if you know Caitlin Gulakis or not.
1: Oh, yeah. Dude, I saw her. Pfft. I run into her at bars. Yes,
0: you because would. Because
1: the thing is, she's one of the CrossFitters that actually is kind of in my wife's friend group. Really? Yeah. So she knew Jay Prince and like a lot of the people that are friends with Dora that would go to those shows like they were...
0: Okay. I'm going to have to ask Caitlin about that. I didn't Mm -hmm. know that. She works for Two Roads. Mm -hmm. So we've always been lucky over the years. Two Roads is the best. They are phenomenal. I've always found amazing about Two Roads is they opened up around the same time that we opened up this gym. Mm -hmm. So 2011-ish. One of their big differentiators that have helped them grow over the years is not just that they produce their own beer, which is obviously great stuff, but that they also do, I guess you'd call it contract brewing. Mm-hmm. So they brew beers for other brewers. So, oh, okay. like Sip of Sunshine from Lawson's first start popping up in Connecticut was because it was being brewed out of Two Roads. And it allowed them to sort of grow the business and the company to a point where they weren't just limited by producing their own products. Mm-hmm. They were basically always in production because they were producing for other brew Like Blue Point, I think, gets brewed out of there. There's a whole bunch of beers that actually get brewed out of the Two Roads facilities, which has helped them grow it as much as they have over the years, which I always thought was, it was a really smart model that yeah. they adopted and not many brewers have done it.
1: Did you get that Heady Topper when it came through? Have you tried that? I have. I didn't I didn't know what the hype was. I was like, yeah, I got to get it.
0: I felt bad because I went up to um, Vermont. Hetty Topper, I, it's Alchemist is the brewer. Yeah. And for a long time, you could only get them in Vermont. And I went to the co-op there, and they had all this Hetty Topper. I just, I don't know, I probably spent like 150 bucks on it, <laughs> w- which it's pretty easy to do, actually, because the stuff isn't cheap. And I brought it back, and I was all excited about it. And I think Caitlin or someone told me, like, oh, it's now available in Connecticut. And I just, like, it totally popped my balloon. where I'm like, oh, oh, okay, thank you.
1: When I went to Colorado, I spent, like... I must have spent like $300 at Weldworks. Oh, yeah. It's like this fancy brewery they make like... They had this like... I had a key lime pie sour one time. Okay. It was like the most amazing thing I ever had. And this past time, they had like a macadamia nut coconut sour. And I mostly get their sours because... I'm not going to bring an IPA to New England. That's just like... I get that. I went down to Florida and I tried some of their local IPAs. Disgusting. (laughs) It was awful.
0: You know, Napa or like New England IPA is definitely sort of a category of beer right now.
1: It's the thing. It's the best IPA.
0: We're in Colorado. Was this in Denver area or...
1: No, Boulder. Boulder, okay. We're in Boulder. I don't know exactly where Weldworks is because I'm not driving when I'm out there, obviously. I've
0: heard of Weldworks before. Like, it's definitely a brand that I've heard of. I don't think I can ever say I've had any of their stuff.
1: No, it's so hard to get it. I had to stuff it in my suitcase.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My my wife, Kathleen, really enjoys the sours. And I've never been much of a sour person. And for me, I'm always just like, I'll just have an IPA. I actually, I really enjoy them. Mm-hmm. I think I'm also realizing I like bitter things mm-hmm. or like anything like bitter or tart where it's just going to absolutely exhaust my palate so I can't taste anything else. I
1: like them from Weldworks. They're like they have like a blueberry because co- they make like a sour but then they'll mix in like the blueberry cobbler had like graham crackers and like marshmallows in it. Yeah. So they always figure out a way to make it kind of complex and you know a little bit savory too so it's not just too too much.
0: Yeah sometimes they can be a bit strong.
1: Yeah when they're too tart. Oh.
0: So I'm going to say, I did not realize, I feel bad saying this. I totally forgot that you were a coach at Nor'easter and Halo. Oh, yeah. For a while. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, both those gyms are no longer around. I think Halo, there's a gym which moved into that spot, which is now a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. And same like Nor'easter, I'm always fascinated by this. Nor'easter got taken over by CrossFit Hartford. So that the space that they were in is now still a CrossFit gym, even though Nor'easter and you know Jen and Nate are no longer there. And I do believe that in Rocky Hill the space that kay was in at halo great i she sold it to um
1: she sold it to another member
0: and that member ended up she shut it down at a certain point i think the space was taken over by um it's crossfit golden goose
1: that's a fun name
0: we have a member here kim who she moved up to that area and she's been going there and she absolutely loves it the guy who owns it is has these flowing golden locks, so it's like okay, yeah, golden goose. Yeah, good um, for him. Yeah, I am not there, but
1: I'm fucking holding on by a thread, dog.
0: Yeah, I know. So taking I.
1: propecia, minoxidil.
0: I, Mikey got the hair genes out of the family; like yeah. he's got a great head of hair. I hope he appreciates them. I hope he does too. I don't think he does. It's funny when I get haircuts now; it's just shorter and shorter. And now I'm at the point where it's just like high and tight. When I get a cut,
1: did you take propecia? Are you on anything? I have not. No, dude. I started losing my hair when I was 25. Okay. And I started taking that shit, and I've held on to it, and then it started to kind of not work. I just started using minoxidil, but I have to get like a different minoxidil because I'm allergic to it. So I use nonoxidil. Okay. And I'm f- I'm very vain, if you can't tell. And it-
0: Rick, I said this when you walked in. You do look great.
1: Thank you. Thank you. But I'm just trying to hold on, dude, because it doesn't have to go. People just don't realize it, I guess. So that's why anytime I hear a guy talking about that, I'm like, bro, you got options. It's not over.
0: I'll check it out. I keep it shorter now, and
1: then that's sort of can my whole thing. You get three months of finasteride, which is Propecia, at Costco for like seven dollars. When I first started taking it, it was eighty dollars a month. I was twenty-five and I was broke, but that's how much I cared about having hair. Well, especially as a front man, I, I mean, yeah, exactly. It all ties into this narcissistic thing.
0: You you want the flowing hair, and you
1: and, and you have to stay in shape. You do. Given like what so. I said earlier about how like oh I was, there's a pandemic I'm gonna try to bulk I'm not gonna be taking my shirt off which um I'm like in just good enough shape to feel comfortable taking my shirt off mm-hmm. but I'm not so shredded that I look cocky if okay. I take my shirt off you know right because there's that thing where other guys will be like oh, look at <laughs> oh, look at <laughs> this guy Mister Six Pack like I don't have a six pack
0: it puts way too much work in I the got gym. like
1: two abs up top and then a beer gut yeah works out pretty good for me but but you're comfortable
0: without your shirt on yeah yeah it's good yeah. So what is your gym routine like now? We were talking a little bit before about you. uh, You mentioned your deadlift, but you tend to use like a hex bar for that. I was kind of curious what your routine is generally like or what your split is like throughout the week. Are you in three days, five days, or what do you typically do?
1: I'll try to go six. I took off Friday morning. Before that, I hit seven days straight, which is unusual. But I try to go as much as possible and normally try to do six, at least five. How I do it is, for instance, today I did my chest and my back and biceps. And I try to switch it up. With bodybuilding, it's all about volume. It's the exact opposite of CrossFit. It's about repetition. You wanna do the same exercise and just beat the crap out of this part of your body until mm-hmm. it grows.
0: It's also lower weight sometimes. I mean, you're getting yeah. the volume through do, doing more yes. hypertrophy, sets of 10, sets of 20, whatever mm-hmm. it might be.
1: Exactly. And now I'm I'm kind of turning a corner where I'm trying to do lower sets, like five by five and go up five pounds each session to
0: uh, more linear progression. Yeah, exactly.
1: To try and build some strength every day when it's an upper body day, I open up with flies. I just take the cables and not even put handles on them just to open up because Mm -hmm. I've gotten so much impingement. I've learned that I need to do flies, like the back flies and face pulls pretty much. Anytime I'm working out any push, shoulder press, bench press, I always need to do those because I'll get impinged and it, hurts. But yeah, today I came in. I did bent over rows for sets of five. In between my bent over rows, I did pull-ups. Then I did some flat bench. Then I did uh, the underhand pec flies. Then I did some curls, which I'm really not a... I don't don't care too much to do that, but I just did them just to do them. And then I did sitting row. Oh, and lat pull-downs. I get the compound movements in, so I can kind of release that test, but yeah, I isolate too.
0: Okay. And you try to mix in some cardio here or there where you can...
1: That's leg day. Yeah. Leg day I go in and then I'll get on the treadmill or machine for 20 minutes to get a good sweat going. And then I will go to the floor and either squat or deadlift or maybe do both if I have the time. And every now and then, like maybe at the end, I'll go and I'll do like an isolate, like, you know, the thing for your quads or something like that. Leg
0: curls, I believe. Yeah, Yeah. I
1: have really the one part of my body where I'm genetically gifted. If you've ever seen my legs, I have like no fat on my legs. They're really defined. They're great. I barely have to do anything to have jack legs <laughs> it's a joke who cares yeah it's such a cruel joke that just like my legs are like that
0: we had a guy who used to stop in here and he would always just do like open gym stuff with us he, mm-hmm. he was a really nice guy uh, his name was chris and he would always do a lot of curls and i think every now and then you know someone busts his balls about doing curls in crossfit mm-hmm. gym and his response is always like you gotta know your audience man You got to know your audience. And it's just one of those things. Like, you know, people see arms. That's what they look for. Like, he's like, I know it's not functional. He's like, I I know I don't care, but keep the people happy.
1: You know what I noticed when you see women out during the summer and they're like in their obvious workout clothes, you could always tell they do CrossFit because they have traps. Yes. They have very developed traps. Shoulders. Yeah. 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 Well, specifically, like I always am like, and I think it's great. I'm not trying to be like. I you know yeah. some guys like I don't like a girl. I think they look great. But you could always, like, tell.
0: I think also just CrossFit takes so much of these different realms of fitness, whether it's powerlifting, Olympic lifting, or whatever. But we do do a lot of pulling movements, so things mm-hmm. like power cleans and snatches and deadlifts where you're sort of pulling off the ground, and then the rig work, like pull-ups and toes-to-bar, so even kettlebell swings. So, well, yeah, that's it, how
1: I got them. Like, I don't think I, I would have them if it wasn't for power cleaning, you're deadlifting, you're using your traps. You're deadlifting, you're using your traps.
0: Rick, I appreciate you coming on the show today mm-hmm. it's it's been absolutely awesome catching up with you I, I feel like I miss you and I'm sorry we I, don't get to I miss see you more. guys so much um even if you're not coming in for the gym i you should definitely stop by for some of the social stuff.
1: I know I've been meaning to and then all this happened so that's why when I saw you post I think it was like my birthday too and I had a few beers so I was just like yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah which is great. For these episodes I'm trying to get into a bit more of a consistency routine with them so I like to close out the show doing mm-hmm. a few rapid fire questions just right, going cool. back and forth. Your questions are going to be a little bit different. I've been trying to gear them towards you and sort of recognizing that not really as strong in town but your fitness is still a real part of your life. Mm-hmm. So The first question that i like to start this off with is that if you had the ability to go back in time and send your message or send yourself a message on your first day trying out a class, and this would be at CrossFit Watertown at the time, what would that message be?
1: It's weird for everybody when they first start. Probably.
0: That's actually a really good response. I haven't gotten that response yet, and I think it's very true.
1: Especially like for me, like I never did anything physical. I was never did sports. I was the art kid in high school. So just having to learn how to do a power clean or a snatch is so mind blowing. I would just be like, Yeah, man, it's just nobody cares, is what I would say. It's weird for everybody.
0: Yeah, that's a great answer. Mm Mm-hmm. The next question is, what is your most memorable moment or workout? Since we're a CrossFit gym, I'm going to say this is, you know, you can incorporate Reload or Watertown or Strongtown.
1: All right, I got two. So one... Two is allowed. The first, I was at Watertown and Jen Conlin was a coach. And we were working out and I stopped to get a drink of water. And she like, I don't buy she it. Like, she went... There'll be plenty of time to drink water later. He <laughs> like, screamed in my face. I was like, ah! And I dropped my water, and I went to my workout. I can see Jen doing that. Here I was. The workout, I'll never forget this fucking workout. There's even a picture of me doing it somewhere, and I saw it recently. I was doing a fast. I was doing like one of those Hollywood diet fasts where you get the juice at Walmart, and you okay. don't eat for a couple days. You just drink this juice. And the workout was five rounds, and it was like 20 kettlebell swings and 20 burpees. And I was fasted doing it. Was that like a Lurong workout by any chance? Something, I dude. I know the workout you're talking about
0: because it's like, yeah, 100 swings, 100 burpees.
1: There's a really great picture of me like from the back doing it and everyone like is standing around watching me because yeah. I was the last one because I was dying. And yeah, that was
0: awful. I'm going to have to look up that work. I do feel like we used to do these. I think the company is still around, Lurong Living. They would sell like a deer antler supplement. I thing.
1: remember that. Did that actually, because I've done a bunch of like test stuff. Did that actually work?
0: I don't know. It was funny because we used to get, you know, obviously they're friendly towards affiliate owners and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they, it's much easier for us to sort of push a product or anything to our members once we actually believe in it. So they used to always give it to me and Mikey. And it's one of those things that I couldn't tell if it was a placebo where I would start taking it and I'd feel really good. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, oh, I don't need to take this anymore. I feel great. And then I would stop taking <laughs> yeah. it and then. It's hard for me to tell if this just me sort of being like, oh, it's this deer or stuff that they say it makes you a Navy SEAL or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, But I do think that was a wrong workout. I remember that workout. It was a really tough workout. That was awful. Cause it's because it's grunt work the entire time.
1: I haven't done a burpee in like four
0: years. Yeah, you're not missing out. It's, it's okay. <sighs> they still suck for everyone.
1: Once all this crap clears up, I'm going to get like a punch card or something. Once you're, I'm back on nights. Okay. Because lately I've been like thinking about it and I just like...
0: We're, talking when you got here that we do open gym is always an option for Mm -hmm. people so you always have the option of either obviously classes are I've been doing open
1: gym for like four years now (laughs) obviously
0: want people to use the facility so if you want to come in and just deadlift and press and row and do your own thing you're obviously always welcome man
1: yeah man we gotta hook that up
0: the next question This is, I'm I'm curious where this is going to go with you. What is something that when you first started out at the gym that you thought you would never be able to do that you are now able to do?
1: Take my shirt off in public. Okay. That a pull up, jump roping. I didn't think I could do any of this stuff. If you knew me 12 years ago, I remember there was a girl I dated in like 2005 to 2007 and her like seeing me all these years later after CrossFit, I ended up working at the same place at her. And I remember one day I'd like, I was hurt. I was like, damn, could you ever have imagined me having a sports injury back like 10 years ago? And she's like, no, never. So pretty much all this stuff completely changed me as a person
0: it's super impressed when that can happen i think a lot of times it's anyone can do these things anyone can come in here and it becomes like a real mindset change that needs to happen on sort of an internal level to really sort of you know bite onto it and have it stick at the end of the day
1: like i remember i was also like just people are like so afraid of being uncomfortable and leaving their comfort zone and i remember at one point i've always been a very nice person to the point where i could be walked all over being like very non-confrontational and i was in the thick of doing a lot of crossfit i remember being being at work and feeling like someone wronged me and having this attitude like you are going to go upstairs and confront this person and make them come outside and talk to you to the point where I was like overcompensating just because I was so <laughs> crazy
0: no but it gives you that yeah it gives you I don't know what not crazy
1: up. but I was so just like over I was just so I was pumped like 24 7 yeah you know how it is? it's like your life when you're here when you're doing wads every day have you heard about avatar the movie no avatar it's an app it's like it's 10 bucks a month well you can get grandfathered in it might be back up to 20 but it's 10 bucks a month they give you your macros and you just type them in i've been doing macros i had four doritos locos tacos for dinner last night and i'm on a cut okay and it fit my macros
0: (laughs) well we use um we did a macro challenge i think it was last year actually probably yeah about a year ago this time we use my fitness pal as a big macro counter
1: yeah yeah for people do you but know how
0: Avatar compares to that? Or
1: Avatar, you put in your weight every week and it adjusts your macros.
0: Okay. Does it adjust them with a goal of either? Because macros are interesting because you know depending on whether you're trying to, like you mentioned, you're trying to cut or you're trying to bulk. Oh yeah. It does,
1: you could do lean bulk. You could do like crazy dirty bulk. Yeah. You could do just do a small cut. We're only trying to lose like seventy five percent of a pound a week. Yeah. Or you could do a more moderate one where you're a pound and a half or you can go extreme, which they don't recommend, but you could still do it and also has maintenance.
0: And I'm guessing it has a library of foods. When you mentioned you had these Doritos tacos, Mm -hmm.
1: they're already in there. Someone else already logged them. So I just have to type it in. Okay. Yeah. It's also easy to put your own stuff in. I've been on it for like four years now and I swear by it. Really? Yeah. It's great.
0: I've never heard about it. I'm definitely going to check it out though.
1: Oh, it's yeah. And like, Every week when you log in, you take a picture of yourself in the mirror. I have this Renfo scale that takes my body fat too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you just log everything. It's super easy. Even though I am thinking about trying keto again for a month to see if that'll kind of jumpstart me. If I can't just lose quick enough on this and I get impatient, because it's been a while. But keto and paleo just kind of stopped working for me. Your body gets too used to it. When I was doing the bulking, it was like I was very lax with it. And I would like, we would go out to eat and I wouldn't sweat tracking everything as strictly and and it was fine
0: so the next question I always like to ask is what is a common myth you often hear about the gym or CrossFit that you wish you could debunk
1: oh man fitness comes up with me a lot like at parties and I think probably the biggest thing I would be is that women get bulky and turn into men the second they start lifting weights that would be my biggest thing like do you know how fucking hard it is to get jacked Oh, yeah. So you think you're just going to stroll into Planet Fitness and pick up a couple of dumbbells, and you're going to be like, Arnold, yep, while just, I'm there six days a week, and I still am not happy with myself? Like, you literally think you're going to get jacked that quick?
0: The testosterone levels of the average male versus average female are very different. So the fact exactly. that you have this, like, testosterone in your system, and it's still a challenge for you to put mm-hmm. on size, that's also one that hasn't come up before on this show, which is a really good response, because a lot of times people come in here—we do see it more with women—
1: they don't look masculine.
0: If they do that weight. It's all of a sudden they're going to put on fifteen pounds of lean mass overnight, and yeah. it, it it just doesn't happen.
1: A lot of like those fitness chicks that are muscular. They don't. To me, that's not masculine. That's fit. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't know. I mean, like some women bodybuilders get like really huge, and who I'm not going to shame anybody's body. No. But I can kind of see people being like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. But I don't know. I think that's a stupid myth. I think ladies, I think lifting weights is the way.
0: I think a lot of times, especially with bodybuilders, I think one of the things that often gets missed with the bodybuilding community is the discipline that goes into the diet for those athletes. Mm -hmm. The people that compete are literally waking up in the middle of the night to eat protein, to eat these different things, just to make sure they're getting enough calories throughout the day to support their workouts and support this lean mass. It's not just going to the gym recreationally.
1: No, they have no fat. They look like beef jerky. They have no fat on their body.
0: Yeah. You have to have
1: like no body fat to look that jacked. I don't know. It's it's so frustrating.
0: That's actually a really good response. That one, some of your answers haven't come up before. So I'm excited about this. Part. Oh, cool. Yeah. The most common one is that it's dangerous. Okay. That CrossFit's dangerous and it's going to get oh, hurt. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, everything's... Everything's dangerous.
1: Like, lifting weight, like, yeah. Like, CrossFit's dangerous. Like, sitting on your ass and eating McDonald's every night is dangerous. Yeah. Driving your car is dangerous. I don't know.
0: I tweaked my back once putting on my socks. Yeah. It's, it's not that it's dangerous, too. It's just, you know, sometimes shit happens.
1: How many times have you hurt your neck just backing out of a parking spot? Yeah. It's a classic. Just, or just carrying. You know what would always screw up my arm is at the grocery store, carrying the little thing. I would, like, always get a weird nerve thing here.
0: Really? The bags?
1: No, the, uh... not oh, the, the car- carrier. Yeah, I would yeah, have yeah.
0: Not it. Yes, yeah.
1: I would always, just from holding it wrong, I would weak of muscle.
0: Yeah. Cause you can't let your arm hang all the way down and mm-hmm. you're trying to sort of find someplace that's comfortable for it. And it's just really awkward. And then I start switching arms with it halfway yeah, through exact. the store. Oh, I,
1: I'm, I'm psycho with that stuff. Yeah.
0: Got even myself out. So, okay, Rick, last question. Uh, we talked about sort of what first brought you to the gym and to CrossFit in general. What keeps you going back after this time? And, and, you know, obviously you've found a gym routine that mm-hmm. you've been able to keep with and you've dealt with some injuries over the years. So what's something that keeps you motivated to continue going back?
1: Well, many things. Honestly, first of all, vanity. Um, I honestly really enjoy lifting weights. Like I will go to bed at night pumped. I wake up at 515 and go to the gym, which sucks, especially now because it's freezing. But I love to go and lift weights and work out. Also, like mentally, it's very I just found it has a very positive effect on me. I don't know, like I was saying earlier, if it's just the dopamine release or something, Mm -hmm. but I just found it's like a really good thing to keep me even, to keep my anxiety down. I have a lot of body anxiety. I'm very afraid of having a heart attack or something. Yeah, I am actually, I had a physical a couple months ago. I'm at like negative for having a heart attack. So just keeping in shape just makes me feel better and kind of eases my existential dread a little bit.
0: I've always looked at like what we do in the gym, it's hard work and the body, sort of adapts to challenge and stuff like that, but it's very enabling. Doing the work in the gym enables exactly. us to have this life outside the gym. And whether that's performing on stage or just running around the house or taking care of chores, whatever it might be, I always feel better about it when I have this foundation of fitness mm-hmm. underneath
1: things. There's just something about like, especially when I used to come this, I used to love 6am and because I would work earlier and that's my thing is I like to work out first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. get my caffeine, work out first thing, just start my day off right. But back when I was doing 6am, this is something about doing this insane workout, deadlifting like 385 pounds while everybody else is asleep. This is like a little, it yeah. gives you like, it makes you feel a little bit better about yourself. It gives you a little bit more confidence.
0: Oh, I, I can definitely see that. Your day has been started. You've already done this work while a lot of people are still just hitting snooze on the alarm clock.
1: You've already worked harder on something than most people will work on anything all year.
0: Yeah. Rick, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. If was-
0: anyone has any questions for you. Mm-hmm and they'd like to reach out to you via social media or something like that, mm-hmm. where's a good place for them to get in contact with you?
1: Uh, You know, Tariq Ahmed Ahmed is my Facebook and my Instagram. Find that. Listen to Intercourse. All you people with kids, they're in their teens, and you want to get them to come to college, you bring them to an Intercourse show, and you show them me, and you'll be like, you got to learn a trade or something and go to school, <laughs> and I will scare your fucking children straight. <laughs> All right.
0: And one last plug for your wife's tattoo shop. What is it called? again? Oh,
1: Earthship Studios in Waterbury. They also have a Starfire Earthship is their little art thing on the side they do where they make like Waterbury coasters and all this crap. And it's all on, I believe it's on Etsy. And her name is Dora. You could follow them. And hopefully when all this is over, there will be art shows at the shop again and open houses where everyone can come and eat fine cheeses and craft beers with us. Yeah,
0: all, all the good stuff. Yes. Rick, thank you so much, man. Hey, thank you. Hopefully we'll see you soon. We will. Thank you for listening to another episode of Strongtown Talks. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave us a rating or review.
1: We are always grateful for any feedback we get.